Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 37, where we're going to talk about networking. What's going on, Martina? Nothing much. Just, I think this is going to be a good one. Hopefully, right? What are you watching? So this week, I am watching The Grand Tour, and I think I'm all caught up now. Is that the one on Amazon Prime? It is, with the guys that used to be part of Top Gear. I never watch Top Gear, but when I watch um, stuff on Amazon, the commercial comes on for that. So that's the only reason I know about that show. Where So he just drives different cars around? There's three of them that they'll drive different cars and they kind of have a a humor aspect to it. Mm. But yeah, they'll get, they'll do like challenges where they have to cross a certain, you know, drive or something in a certain type of car and they'll show up with three different cars and they'll break down on the way and they'll sabotage each other and it's it's pretty funny at times it's... give it try once and yeah, okay. see what you think. <laughs> give it a shot and i'll report back i mean it's a car show so it's not for everybody but it's kind of interesting all right what about you I'm trying to get caught up on the good doctor it's on abc about the he's he's a surgeon that has autism it's pretty good i think this is season two and i'm like six episodes behind who's in that freddie highmore he was in like finding neverland i think when he was a little little kid and then he oh he was also norman bates in bates motel okay that sounds familiar. I think if you show. saw him, you'd probably recognize him. I don't think I've watched that show, but it sounds familiar. I think you'd probably recognize the guy. Probably. He's really good in it. He's very convincing. Well, I'll have to look at it. I think I think season one's on Hulu. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. So for everybody listening, Steven is out again this week. We're going to talk about networking this time. And... It seemed applicable based on the last episode of Marketing Yourself, as well as kind of how our weeks just went. Do you want to go ahead and start, Martina? So I'm finding that attending different events in town and getting my name out there has been beneficial to my brand and my company. Um, This week we attended what happened to be a charity event. I don't necessarily want to call it a, a charity as much as much as a fundraiser that helped um, a woman that was in need. And so you donate 
money to attend and the money goes straight into her pocket and then it was at a restaurant so the donations like for food also benefit her and then they did a silent auction which if a couple people that i'm close with um learned that i should be more prepared for silent auctions (laughs) so i think that's (laughs) also something to talk about on this is being like having something on hand for last minute events like that to where you can get you can really get your brand out there even more and they could see something that you've made versus you just talking about what you're capable of doing do you think it would be beneficial to for people that want to do something like that to build something and have it sitting there ready i think either having how we were talking last week about having those postcards made with having um, a couple pictures of what you've done on there would be nice or like because i also do smalls like i do cutting boards or charcuterie boards i think having one of the like something smaller like that on hand that you could display would be nice i had i was afraid that if i posted a photo of like a cutting board and someone auctioned on that and then or bid on that and i made a cutting board that didn't look like that exactly i was afraid that they'd be disappointed so um I think that's something to think about when you're putting together, if you're just doing like a portfolio style bid or basket, however you want to consider it. Um, but I think having, if even if you take all your scraps from a project that was paid for, like if you have scraps from materials that you actually were paid to do a cutting board and put that together and it doesn't cost you anything, and then you have that line around for whenever you attend one of these events, then you're good to go. That makes sense just something like that like business cards or even if you had um kind of like a stationary of what the service you'd be willing to provide and a dollar amount for that like say a gift certificate for you know up to 50 bucks which it like and then kind of just a couple of examples of what kind of items they could get with that dollar mark like i've donated things in the past to like art auctions mm-hmm. that were like standard at the time, they were actually paper cutting things, but it was one of those things where it's better to have the tangible product because people can see what they're bidding on and they're more likely to bid than right. just a picture. That's what was hard. It was such a last minute decision to go to this that I wasn't prepared. Um, I know like I've seen a lot of flag makers on Instagram that will donate flags, especially if it's a charity event for like the police, local police departments, fire departments. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then you could put on there like what it would normally retail for. And then people could start bidding based off of that price. That makes sense. So how did you hear about this event for the people that want to find things like this? So um, I know you're against Facebook but I kind of keep it just to see what's going on in the area. So you can just kind of start following, um, checking out what events are happening in your city and then figure out what events would be beneficial for your brand and your company. Um, knowing what type of fundraiser this was and knowing, and then you can kind of see like on Facebook, it shows whoever said, yes, they might be going or who is going. And you can kind of Facebook stalk them, which sounds terrible, but you can kind of see what kind of lifestyle they live and if they'd be willing to start working with you and want custom items in the future. It's not like I'm trying to like really get to know their life and 
like, oh, I saw four years ago that you were on a cruise to whatever, but it's, you know, some like you can kind of glance at it. It's like, oh, they work in mortgage banking. Like they're going to be able to afford my prices and then kind of figure out if that's, even if you're looking on there and you see where the event's located and you know your city well enough to know like, oh yeah, that's a more affluent part of town. That's something that would be beneficial if I attended. I think that's part of it, right? Is knowing where you live, knowing the good parts, the, I guess, not so good parts. Right. Uh, so you, ha- I mean, every city has like the, the rich areas or the, you know, the slum areas. And it's no matter where you live that it's like that, even in really small cities. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, even if you Google and you just search whether it's craft fairs or right. fundraisers or I'm trying to think of some other keywords, charity events. I think even if you do it like um, high schools have a lot of silent auctions. So reaching out to like yeah. the athletic director at the, at a close by high school for you and figuring out like, hey, if you have a silent auction, I'm a small business owner. Um And that's something that I would like to be a part of. And I can donate X amount of items to your event. That makes sense. And you could also start to get hooked into like sports stuff. So if you're somebody that makes cornhole boards or you make items related to sports or whatever it might be, you can reach out to like the athletic director or you can reach out to the parent boards because they usually have some kind of volunteer network for the school that helps organize whether it's fundraising for the sports teams or if it's events or whatever it might be so those are options too which i've done in the past right and because a lot of those parents want to have custom stuff with their kids names so that's a good way to get into that. I mean, you'll get a lot of rejections too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it is a good way to try and get your name out there for not a lot of upfront capital, I guess. Right. And I think it was Brent that was talking about some sports programs will let you buy advertisements to put in the, like, if it's a football stadium or something right. like that. Um, I think like how you're saying the cornhole boards too, uh, reaching out to schools because a lot of elementary schools do the carnivals and stuff. So if you can say, Hey, I'm willing to donate a set of cornhole boards with the school's logo on it as, and if you could do this for me in return and put my banner up at events and you're just out the price of cornhole boards and not the full price of paying for an advertising spot as an option. And try to get creative. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to a football game, you can talk to the school and say, I make cornhole boards. I can make one with your school logo on it that you can raffle off at the event. And people could buy tickets, you know, for a dollar a piece or whatever it is, five for three bucks, that kind of thing. And propose it as a fundraiser or even like a contest where people get, I don't know, they pay so much to get as many throws as they 
can to make it and the person that makes the most at the end of the period of time or something wins the cornhole boards like you can make it fun and you can make it something to get involvement and basically you have to figure out a way to go outside the normal box of constraints that people seem to set on themselves because it doesn't always have to be oh i'm donating to a charity or oh i'm going and putting this in a raffle like you can you can figure out a way to do it however you want and honestly if you went and went to a sporting event like a football game and you did that cornhole thing and you made a contest out of it where like the person that makes the most out of so many throws or do like a tournament bracket Mm -hmm. where you have you know teams against each other and then the winners get the cornhole boards like you can make it more interactive and if you get people using it if it's a cornhole board i think it'd be more likely that they'd be like you know we should get one of these right whereas if you just have it in a raffle and they're not doing anything with it they're not getting that sense of fun and enjoyment by buying a raffle ticket where they would i was just gonna say like you have to think about like overall cost too like because yeah to make corn- a cornhole set or cutting boards is more affordable than some of the other options out there. So think about like the long term of your time investment and yeah into the product investment. Well, and you can do things like if you if you did a tournament style, which I think it'd be cool to do something like this, but I don't make cornhole boards. Because you don't woodwork? What would you say? I said because you don't woodwork. Correct. <laughs> Probably, I mean, I, I could make set. them. I could probably make a really cool set, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to get into it. Well, now that I say that, one day I'm probably going to make one. Yeah. <laughs> the I think it would be cool if you made a set, you took them to a football game, and you set it up where people could pay, you know, five or ten bucks and be part of a bracket tournament play cornhole and then the winners get the cornhole set and everybody that participated gets a coupon for 10 or 20 percent off their own custom cornhole set right like you can use it as a way to market yourself well which is where it's thinking outside the box that and depending on where you're having this like if you're doing it at a high school and it's a bunch of parents and you guys are sitting around playing then you could say oh what do you do for a living this is what i do for a living i made these like so if it's something you're interested in or someone you know like find me here's my business card with all my information it gets definitely that's why i try to attend these events because you're sitting there you know meeting all these strangers and you do the small talk conversations of oh hi what do you do for a living how do you know so and so and then you say like I make custom furniture. I'm a woodworker or whatever. I'm a, I do laser work, and they're like, oh, cool. Like, tell me more. Like, I want to know more about it. Well, you know what else I just thought of too. What's that? If you talk with a school event, you if you make small stuff, right? You could go through and say, okay, in my case, let's say, I might try this actually now that it came to mind, but find a high school that's near you that has a sporting event coming up 
So I think right now it'd probably be what track and field or I think it's yeah, baseball season. Baseball. So you could go through the school and try to get in contact with the athletic director or the coach or whoever. And so in my case, I could make a baseball keychain with the school logo engraved on it. And as and you can make giveaway bags for a, a game. And you can put in there, you can put a keychain, you can put your business card, you can put a sticker, and you can hand it out to people as they come into the game, and they're getting something for free, and they're getting your information. Worst case, you're out whatever the cost of making the keychains was, which in my case, I could probably make 40 of them on the laser, and the material itself is probably $25. So the rest of it's just time. Right. And that's a small investment for a potential, you know, because I can put in there. I also make these items and include pictures of like sports signs or whatever. And you don't have to be just sports. It could be, you know, a, a band concert or a, I'm trying to think of other school events that come up. Um, like play like the drama you can do like a drama mask keychain or something don't be afraid to think outside the box and try something that you've never seen done before worst that can happen is it fails right playing off of that and how i was talking last week about how i've tried to work with real estate agents um I'm, real estate agents can write off anything that has their license number on it which is a good little tip for you guys to um, start reaching out to them more for when they close homes and want to do custom gifts for their clients um, so playing off the keychain keychain thing i've toyed with the idea of making keychains with a little house on it when so when they close their client's house they can give them that and then if they put their license number on the back it's free for the realtor and then the client that's receiving it um, can also have this little custom piece and say, oh, where'd you get this? This is so cool. This, you know, where'd you get this idea? And then they can pass off your information to them. And if you have the capabilities, you can batch those out easily. Like even if you don't have a laser or CNC like I do, um, you can kind of even just band saw it out, scroll saw it out. And then um, if you have like a wood burner, wood burn their um, license number onto it. Well, the other thing you can do is there are laser people that can make you a bunch of house cutouts and then you can just go back through and like you said, wood burn the license number or whatever. So that's a network connection, which is nice that we have Instagram and the community of finding out what other people's capabilities are and what they make. And then you could reach out to them and figure out if that's something they'd be interested in partnering with you on because maybe you can get a better deal like i know you don't want to take advantage of your peers and everything like that but maybe you could like reach out to them and either see if they have any leftover materials and if they're willing to use it towards the project that you want or are you done 
No, I am yeah. sneezing galore. I'm <laughs> muting it so people aren't annoyed. I know. I don't know if I should keep talking or not. Um, yes, keep talking. Okay. But you could reach out to them and see if they have any leftover scraps, if they'd be willing to cut you a deal instead of you charging them your normal hourly rate or what you would charge for a project. Have See if you can work something out. Make that network connection. Reach, reach out to a couple different makers if you need to that have lasers or CNCs and see if that's something they'd be interested in. I think part of my problem is I'm, it's starting to get hot and I had a sweatshirt on and when I start to get hot my body temperature rises, it makes it worse. Got it. It mixes with the allergies I already have and then I can't stop sneezing. I wish we were video recording this one though so people can see me struggling through you struggling. That and the amount of time someone has walked in and out of my house since we've started this recording and the cat is also going bonkers today. It has been suggested to us to start a Patreon and have an after show where we don't mute any of this stuff out. So maybe in the future, if people yeah. actually want that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I don't want to come off wrong with this whole attending charity events just to benefit myself. They, I like to go to these events that I can stand behind and I'm not going to all of them just to get my name out there. I'm going to what I in my core of a human believe is a good cause and I'm not trying like I'm not just there to use it to my advantage I'm there to help someone that needs help and then also use it as a networking event um that's and I'm not just attending ones that are in better areas like I don't want that to come off wrong there's also <laughs> I mean ever I mean if charity needs help like if I'm able to help I'm going to definitely do what I can so like I want to put that disclaimer out there yeah and there's don't get me wrong there are way too many to be able to do them all right and I I don't mean to say that like it's like a bad thing like you have a limit to how much you can actually help right and I have felt bad for not being able to do something before, but it's a good idea to put in your plan for the year. I'm willing to do X number of charity events or X number of giveaways or whatever it might be, because some, some people may make things that don't really apply to a charity. Like maybe they make tools. Mm-hmm it might be harder to put that into a charity, but it might be easier to do that as like a maker giveaway. Right. But you still need to limit how many you do and just be transparent about it. Be like, look, I, I'm only doing 10 for the year. I'm at nine right now. Yours is going to be the last one or something. And I mean, do what you feel is, your limit i mean it could be five it could be ten it could be one i'm it's completely up to you um some people it might be zero i mean it is what it is i wouldn't feel bad if you can't always help is kind of what i'm trying to get across is right you have a limit and don't let people make you feel bad either if you're not trying to help because as long as you try to do what you can and you're 
you feel like you're doing you know what you can and you're helping how you can nobody can fault you for that right um now that we kind of got a little deeper i guess than normal <laughs> just got <laughs> I real think, yeah <laughs> um but i think even sorry literally i in and out in and out in and out and it's really hard to mute when it's just you and i because i feel like i have to leave my mic open because you have to void or fill the voids yeah so hope i hopefully that's the last one um i think that even if you reach out to the coordinator of fundraisers in general like if you have where they do it more than just your city or they're in charge of multiple different charities in your city that's a good connection to make and then you don't even you don't have to attend really you can just say hey when you have events going on reach out to me and i'll see if i'm available to donate anything and then you don't really have to have something on hand at all times you have a little bit more prep time to get something put together as an option as well yeah that's true you made a different kind of network connection this week than I did because I made potential clients. You made a potential networking connection with someone to work with. I did. So there's a local guy uh, and he he has his own shop. He does this full time. I think he said he's been doing it for five years or so. And he has what most of us would probably consider a dream shop as far as the size so he's got you know like a ten thousand square foot shop so it's massive like i went there and i saw it and i'm like oh my gosh can i please have this tiny little corner like <laughs> like it was amazing <laughs> so he has you know cnc machines he had a, a full spectrum laser he had pretty much every woodworking tool you like a wide belt sander a wide planer he had a sliding table saw he had a giant four by eight foot printer like he he has a full shop and he can do pretty much anything i think that he wants and he does some of the work for i think he's done like bars for a casino here and he's done parts of like one of their theaters so he has connections with casino people and like the entertainment on the strip and uh or like it was maybe two weeks ago i reached out to him and said hey i have this sign i might be doing this client wants it like six feet wide how much would it cost to get it made on your cnc and he shot me a number that was reasonable and i was like well if they do it i'll let you know of course, I got ghosted. Uh, that seems to be topic, the trend. Topic for future. Yes, that'll be a future topic. When you get ghosted constantly. Anyway, he so at the time he gave me his number and I texted him the information. And I said, you know, they haven't gotten back to me, so I guess it's not happening. He's like, no problem. And then it was maybe Monday or Tuesday this week. I got a random text from him and he said, Hey, I need your help. I was like, okay, what's going on? And he said, I have this design that I need to laser engrave. And he said, I can, I can do it, but the design 
can you convert the design to be laserable and make it a vector engrave instead of a raster engrave? And I said, yeah, I can do it. Can you send it over? So he sent it over, maybe took like two or three hours to con- like do what I needed to do. I had to actually like trace it manually. It was that bad of a graphic. And sent it back to him and he said, that's perfect. Can you come by my shop and help me set it up? So I went by his shop. It was, what night was that? That was Wednesday night, maybe? Thursday night? Maybe it was Thursday night. Yeah, it was Thursday night. Thank you. I knew you'd know. We talk all the time, guys. So we know each other's lives. I'm, I tell Trevor I talk to him more than I talk to my family. So... <laughs> That, that's yeah. kind of sad. Uh, it's kind of sad. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't have the flexibility to text all day like you do. So. Well, and, when you have alerts on your phone and. Yeah. And then uh, especially with the past couple of weeks that I've been taking time off, like I'm just yeah. on the computer anyways, doing like admin stuff. So I'm not technically taking time off. I'm just, it's easier to shoot messages back <laughs> right now. So I went to a shop uh, Thursday night and. I got there maybe five thirty, five forty, and um, he he gave me a tour of the shop, which I'm still jealous of. That thing is amazing, and he we we went over to the laser. We tried to set it up to get the look that he wanted, and we tweaked things on the fly. And by the end of the night. It was maybe two hours or so that we were working on it. And it got to the point where uh, there still had to be like a little bit of tweaking to the design to make it easier to read when it was engraved. So I said, look, you know, if you have a couple scrap pieces, I'll take them home. I'll tweak the design, try it on my laser, and then I'll send you a picture of what the design ends up looking like. So I went ahead and did that. And he messaged back and he's like, yeah, that's what I want. Can you send me over the file? I sent over the file and he, I think he started working on him yesterday. I don't know if he's finished yet, but then he just says, you know, how much do I owe you for your time? I was like, don't worry about it. I was like, I, you know, you're local to me and I know that eventually I'll probably need help with CNC stuff or, um, whatever i was like i just hope that you know you'll in the future if you have other laser stuff you need help with that you'll come to me and it's i was trying to use it more you know to build a local network and i I had told him that i was like i i don't really care if you pay me or not it's like i'm just trying to help i just hope that you would consider me when you have you know other jobs and trying to earn goodwill in a way, I guess, is mm-hmm. how you can think of it. And he said, well, you're quickly becoming my favorite person. It's like, <laughs> well, that's good. But it's one of those things where you may have a skill, even if they have a machine that you use all the time. Doesn't mean that people are as proficient at something as you might be. So in my case, I just happen to be more proficient at the design side in this case and he said that would have taken hours 
on top of you know the two hours that took me he's like if i need vector or if i need a uh, design for the laser again i'm definitely going to reach out i was like well that's good to know so you know not every you don't have to nickel and dime everybody that asks you for help is kind of what i'm getting at right because some people i know would have been like oh that'll be x amount of dollars instead of trying they see the short-term money and not the long-term relationship that they could make that could right. benefit them so just keep that in mind is you know try to create long-term networks where you can help each other yeah try definitely try to find other makers in your area as well that can help you like how you're reaching out to him because he has a cnc and you don't um that's a great connection there there's another maker in the city i live that has a cnc we've met through through instagram and when my cnc went down a few months ago she messaged me and was like hey you can come by and use mine if you're in that um, tight of a time crunch and i was like no it's okay like i've already talked to the client and they're super flexible they said they'll wait till my cnc's up and running again but i mean having that opportunity to where you have that backup plan is i mean especially if you're doing this full time is just a huge huge asset to your business and being able to keep chugging along versus having to halt all production yeah and a friend of mine actually he has a laser and he was trying to cut something out of quarter inch baltic birch plywood and he messaged me and he said hey can you cut this out for me i'm having trouble the machine's not getting through all of it and i said yeah sure what's the material he told me and i went ahead and uh, looked for what I had and I said yeah I have like one sheet here it was for a project uh, but yeah I'll just get more later and he's like okay just let me know how much I owe you and I cut it for him I said just come get it like I'm like you've helped me enough that I it's not a big deal and he came to get it and showed up with two more sheets of Baltic birch plywood and he's like here they're for you I was like well that's really nice so you know you don't have to go into everything in every situation expecting to get paid like right sometimes it's it's okay to just be nice and just <laughs> do something for nothing and you know people will remember that and it's not all about i mean it probably would have you know you could probably make you know 15 20 dollars is it is it gonna break you if you don't right i mean now if you're doing like fifteen hundred dollars worth of work exactly that's a different story know when to give away your work for free yeah like don't go crazy with it i mean there's you have to gauge that for yourself but for me i was like you know don't worry about it like it, you've helped me pick things up from the store before like i'm not worried about it and creating a network of people that are local that you're friends with or you can be friends with can really help you especially if you get in a jam right i mean because most of the time if you have a good relationship you know you can give each other discounts when you do have work that needs to be paid for you can help each other out and the good part is with social media like people will shout you out mm -hmm. if you helped them so that i mean sometimes it's okay to 
just help other people. Yeah, at this event, my networking is a little bit different because it's not, it's, you know, potential clients, but a lot of people that were there are also in commercial real estate. So I'm able to make that connection with them. And I, a couple days later, ended up asking like, hey, if you know of anyone that has warehouse space for rent, like send them my way. That's something that I'm going to have to start looking into. So if you know anyone, this is the area I want my warehouse to be, let me know. So that's a small network connection as well. Hopefully, I mean, that'd be really awesome if that one worked out. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, for me, I mean, let's face it, I'm probably not going to have a commercial space anytime soon. <laughs> but it's it's always good to look for local connections regardless of what business you're in or whatever you want to do because you may you may know somebody that does the thing they're looking for and you can make you know a connection among all of you so it doesn't always have to be for you either like right. you can see that they're in need of something you might know somebody and you can say hey I know this guy that does this, or I know this lady that does this. Go and talk to them and see if they can help you out. Um, good. No. <laughs> you just muted yourself mid-talking. Oh. <laughs> um, see, this is just throwing me all off. I'm all off today. Anyway, um, another good, con another reason to make maker connections in your area, whether you're just like searching by location on Instagram or if you're going to, um, maker meetups and, and everything like that if you're going to look into starting to do craft fairs you have to pay a rental fee for the booths there maybe you're meeting up with a maker that doesn't do exactly the same thing with you as you so it's not like direct competition but something similar enough to where you guys can split the rental fee of the booth and then you have that connection as well someone that could help you out in a future project but they're not making the exact same thing from you and taking business away from you but those rental fees like we have huge craft fairs here a couple times like twice a year and i know a couple people that have they'll go like three ways on it you know what i mean split it three ways that way you don't have to have that huge cost of attending yeah those can get expensive yeah these are like they i know one of them's even on like the um, where the football stadium is here for the college so it's a pretty big one and that one gets pretty pricey so people usually go in on it together yeah i think i've seen them i've seen them anywhere from ten dollars to fifteen hundred dollars yeah like, it's, it gets ridiculous yeah because then you have to figure out how to price accordingly to account for the time that you spent on that the fact that you had to pay for all those materials up front and then that booth fee like that gets crazy but yeah, well, and it's those you have to carry inventory mm -hmm. unless you have something that you can take and do on hand. Right, because you need like two days worth of inventory at least. Yeah, so I mean, building a network and having local connections certainly isn't going to hurt you. No, and there's but different there's different ways of network, like you know, oh, yeah. different ways it benefit you too. And. I mean, it could be anything, really. Like, you could, if you have a friend that 
I mean, it could be non-maker related networking and it could be business related networking, or it could just be like a friend that maybe just had a baby. It's like make them a baby gift mm-hmm. and that they could maybe hang up or whatever. Cause then other people could see it and say, where'd you get that? You know, all those types of things. Or if you know a realtor that has an office, you could make them something that is displayed in their office. I mean, there's all different kinds of ways you can go about networking and marketing yourself and tie them all together. I think it just depends on your imagination and how you can spin it. Networking with a CPA, hey, I'll make you this if you help me figure out how to start doing some accounting stuff for my business. Yeah. The, you have a skill. Use that skill to your advantage and, and figure out if you can start doing stuff in trade to benefit you. And don't be, yeah, don't be afraid to barter. I mean, Do, I've done it in the past. Yeah. And then that just builds your portfolio because you've finished a product and you can post it on your website, post it on your social medias, whatever. Yeah. And typically whatever you're bartering, you can think of it this way. It costs you a certain amount to make it. You typically sell it for X dollar amount. Try to barter it for that dollar amount that you would typically sell it for and not whatever you, your cost is. Right. Because, you know, you might be able to barter it for, let's see. A website? Well, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> um, you could barter for tools. You could barter for... Um, like accounting services like if you don't want to do your taxes and maybe you could barter like a custom piece for an accountant and be like hey you know if they were looking for something maybe you try to propose it or at least you know propose that and some money who knows right but it doesn't hurt to ask the worst somebody can say is no i think that's one thing that i've learned over the years is it's okay to ask if people want to barter because if they don't want to they're going to say no I mean I've said no to things that I didn't want to barter for even if you want to network or do something with a realtor or whoever not everyone's going to say yes anyway you're Mm -hmm. going to get some percentage of people that say no it's just how it is I think one of my favorite quotes from memes or whatever it was one with bill gates when he was trying to fundraise for microsoft and he was like you know i forget the number but it's something to the effect of you know i approached 500 people 300 people listened to me 30 people were actually interested 10 of those actually invested like that's a lot of no's yeah (laughs) but he kept pushing and he kept going so there's Chances are there is somebody that will say yes if it's something that is valuable and useful. Right. Just try and have your proposal well thought out beforehand. You are trying to be a professional here. Your elevator pitch. Have your your idea put together, composed, send it off to them, and then see what happens. And if they don't answer, like if you don't receive, if you... I cannot talk. If you send an email and you don't get a response, try a phone call. Sometimes the emails go to spam. 
Make sure so, I spell check too. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely reread before proofread. Use the right before your. you actually Yeah. Oh my gosh. Use the right your, use the right there. Use the right to. People need to proofread their Instagram comments. Yeah. <laughs> I get autocorrect. Autocorrect screws people all the time. But autocorrect is not responsible for every grammatical error. Right. <laughs> that could be a whole conversation for me, too. That could be a whole hour topic. Yes. Yes, it could. <laughs> and actually, there's a, if there's a woodworking show near you, try to network and have a meetup or network with some of the companies that are going to the conference and ask if they'd like to be a part of the meetup. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do to try and build a network and get people together. I mean, that's, I'm imagining that's kind of how workbench kind of started. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Spring tries to kill me every year. I swear. I wonder when you cut out all your sneezes, what time will really be at for the recording. So right now we're at 46 minutes. So by the time I cut them out, we'll probably be at 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, that but... in the amount of times this I've had to stop because someone is walking in and out. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to ask if you have any suggestions too. That I mean, reach out to us. I want to know how you're networking and taking advantage of your trade or your skill or growing your brand and your business. I think it's I think it's pretty interesting how. I think because we are makers, we're a little bit more creative than the average Joe anyway. So I think um, our wheels start turning a little bit more about how we can get out there and get recognized. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it could be anything from, you know, if you are at a PTO meeting or something. Not that I go to those, but... PTA? Yeah, whatever. See, See I don't you even really know don't go. <laughs> If I if I actually thought about you just what really it was called, I would have figured out that you're just thinking yes, about vacation I am. time. Yeah, you know how badly I want a vacation right now, and it's one of those things where, you know, maybe they have an idea for a fundraiser, or maybe they have an idea for an event, and you can try to play off your strengths for that. I mean think outside the box nobody yeah, said think... that networking has to be go to this event and meet people and that's what networking is like that's not everyone's jam either not everyone wants to go interact with the community and schmooze and mingle um that's not my number one favorite thing to do that's why i'm also selective about what events i go to because i want to know that i'm going to know a few people that are there so i kind of have a crutch um but i think well, that's and... Go ahead. WorkbenchCon was kind of one of those acceptable, it's okay to be socially awkward. And you can, you know, go and you can stand in a circle and wait your turn to talk. Like, it was okay to do that. If you go to, like, a charity event or something like that, you just feel like the odd person out. And that's, that's why I'm not a... I'm gonna sound like a homebody like i those things are kind of socially terrifying for me like I, I, 
I'm not a big social person. Identify with that, so that's okay. My thing is, I work from home now, and so I'm by myself, you know, 40 hours a week, basically, if not more. I don't have much to talk about with these people because I hang out by myself all day long. So, (laughs) but I think when they find out what you do and then, you know, you can show them videos of stuff that you've worked on and stuff like that, that kind of opens and sparks a conversation. I got that a lot the other night at that event was, I've seen what you do on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. My wife was showing me your videos the other day. And so that was an easy conversation to have Uh, it just then you have to figure out how to go past that that's why it's not everyone's jam yeah i mean i'm not a big fan of going out to events like that like (laughs) i have done it and knowing that i'm not a hugely social person i feel like i can feel myself being awkward when i'm there i'm sure you know like the feeling in general of you know you feel like you don't belong or you don't you you just have that thing like i don't like being in social situations where there's a bunch of people i don't know like it it's just terrifying to me i don't know why and it always has been like it's you know when you were in third grade and you had to get up in front of the class and give a speech like that's the feeling I get it. all the time. All, all the time. See, but I guess that's the benefit of just getting in touch with the event coordinator and then just donating your item instead of using that to your advantage and going and mixing with these people and everything. That Correct. would be there. I mean, to a point, I've gone purposely to try and get better at, you know, being in social situations. And going through college and having to, like, teach classes and then having to do uh, presentations at jobs has helped with that. But 10 years ago, like, you could forget it. I I did not want to go and go to a social outing, period. It just terrified me. I don't know why. I think it's just one of those things. But the other thing is, you know, you can have multiple networks with you know different groups of people because I've, I've heard some people say oh well they don't do what i do so why would i do a network with them like that makes no sense to me right like it's okay to network with people that don't do what you do actually you probably want to network with people that do things you don't but i think it's one of those comfort things like they network with this person because they can talk shop with this person about what they do and it makes sense but like you said go to realtors you can network with business owners you can network with parents school boards whatever and networking with makers is a really good one because if you're in a jam they can help you out or if they're in a jam you can help them out yep it's, I mean, even for simple tool questions or, you know, I've, or I've had people reach out to me for like little CNC projects, stuff like that. Or, you know, it's just, it's nice having this community for the makers because you may be in a small town and you may be the only one that does what you do in your area and you can't make that connection. 
So being able to reach out at your fingertips and get a hold of someone that can help you out is awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that would be good advice that we haven't hit. I think kind of playing off of intertwining the advertising and networking, um, advertising from last week and everything. Um, I know people will put um, like magnets on their car, advertising their business or putting stickers on their car with how to get a hold of you. There's always that too. And then you get stopped at one, one of my maker friends that I met through Instagram. Well, we chat through Instagram. She said she was at a consult at a home the other day and she had her magnet on her car. So the neighbor like kind of stalked her and waited her to come out and was like, Hey, can you come take a look at my kitchen for a makeover too? So there's always that, you know, you, you pull up to Home Depot and you have your advertisement on your car and someone that's there trying to do a DIY project can reach out to you while they're there and have you do it instead of them doing it. Just be careful with that because certain, certain cities have certain regulations on how big that advertisement can be or where oh. it can be placed. I was not aware not, of this. I'm not saying don't do it. No, I know, I'm just but saying I didn't check. know. Interesting. Because I think if there's certain cities where you can't put it like on your, on any area that would hinder your ability to drive. Oh, like, I so think like that's like windows um, or DMV type stuff though. Like, cause it has to be in like the bottom left or right side of your rear, rear window. It can't be like in the center. Maybe that's what it is. I, th we're not experts. <laughs> just just check yeah <laughs> like don't go i mean you could always take the risk of you know ignorance is bliss and hope that nobody yeah i feel bad though someone it. got like a fix it ticket because we told them to do this well that's We're what not i'm saying for it guys so do it at your own yeah. risk so <laughs> check your regulations yeah <laughs> because some people because they'll put like this huge sticker over their rear view or rear window it's not the kind you can see through because mm -hmm. there are there are films right, that are like, semi-transparent. You can yeah, so you can see through them. But if they did like a full-on sticker, it blocks your ability to see people around you, and that's I think where some of these regulations came from is people have this big ass sticker and then they merge without looking or they hit somebody and. Sometimes it's determined that it was because of not the ability or their visibility was reduced because of said advertisement. So just be careful. Like if you put it on like your car door or on your bumper, you're pretty safe with those. But if you're putting it on your window, I think that's where you're, you're mostly going to get in trouble with it. I mean, and if you take your car out of town, that's a toss up. Like right. you might be driving that's somewhere the that has a regulation you, do the, you don't know about. The magnet on the car door because you can take it off and put it on whenever you want versus a sticker. I know Vistaprint yeah. has them because I had I got the promo box from them a couple times because I forgot to cancel it and that was one of the swag items I got from them was the car magnet. I've thought about getting the magnets that like so I could put it on the back bumper or what I'm not a huge fan of putting a sticker on my car. Just because I don't, don't like want to the cover permanence. up the dings from the golf balls or what? They have character. <laughs> no, I mean for those who don't know, my car got nailed by a hailstorm 
and it has probably a hundred plus dents all over it, but I don't care. Like it's 15 years old. So it's like, I cared at the moment that it happened, but then my insurance was like, well, if we cover it, your car is totaled (laughs) and then you have to buy a new car. I'm like, well, nope. I'll just keep driving this car because my cars may be worth three or four thousand dollars and the hail damage was like eight or nine thousand dollars worth the hail damage because it hit every panel of my car i mean it hit everything the hood the fenders the doors the trunk the roof everything so it looks like it was parked at a driving range sorry but anyway trying to mute out back background noise but i think that probably i mean we're probably close to an hour even with edits and everything i think we've kind of covered the wide range of networking opportunities yeah and if i mean even if you want to network across states so i mean we have networks for the maker community that span you know we know people in washington we know people in you know florida south carolina the midwest the northeast so there could be things where, you know, actually one of our listeners, uh, Richard from Ingstrom, mm-hmm. he 3D printed something for me. He's in Arizona and he shipped it to me. Did he ship so, snacks with it? No, he didn't. That'd be awesome. I'm, I'm surprised because every time he comments on something, it's, is there snacks? Is there snacks? Dang it, Richard, where's my snacks? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you could build a network. It doesn't have to be limited to wherever you live. Well, I mean, look so at keep us. That in mind. All yeah. three of us, no one, no, not one of us live even in the same state. And we chat week after week. Steven and I did before I moved. Right. So well, yeah. I, I guess technically. But there's, you know, a lot of people that do podcasts together and they don't live in the same state. So keep that stuff in mind. Mm-hmm. And if we know, if you guys need any assistance, reach out to us because we'll kind of try and get in contact with all of our contacts as well. We do have, we're still trying to figure out how to distribute this, but we have a list of some makers and things they do, whether it's CNC or custom woodworking or vinyl work or whatever. If you need some kind of service, reach out to us and we can try to get you a name. And if we don't have a name, we'll reach out to the people we know and see if they know anybody right. that or, does stuff. Or if you want to just build our website for us and compile all that database for us. That'd be feel fantastic. like being generous, like just reach out to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be I a can, great connection I can see, to have. I can see the emails not coming in for that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Also on the website, we have two different swag packs available. One is $15 shipped, I believe. It has mm-hmm. a sticker, magnet, and a RevMark marker, and then uh, and a bottle opener. No bot, no RevMark? No RevMark. Okay. So, so fi- the first one is an engraved bottle opener with the Maker Vision logo, Okay. a sticker, and a magnet. You can see who's in charge of these swag packs because... So <laughs> I am the one making them. <laughs> and then 45 is the insulated tumbler, bottle mm-hmm. opener, rev mark marker, sticker, and a magnet. So correct. Um, Trevor will be making those 
and they'll be laser engraved with the Maker Vision logo and all of the proceeds from those go to fees that we encounter with the podcast. So if you guys could purchase, that'd be awesome. We're not trying to shove it down your throats or anything like that, but anything is greatly appreciated. And they're all at makervisionpodcast.com slash shop. Or if you go to the homepage, they'll pop up on the right-hand side. Right. And then also we're trying to start reposting different makers. So if you're using the Maker Vision Tribe hashtag, um, it makes it easier for us to find who's out there and we can repost so other makers can find you and start following you as well. And then we're starting to get some dialogue after the episodes on the Facebook group. So if you haven't joined that, join that. And then you can kind of chat about what you heard on the episode and even give feedback and different advice for people that are on there. And let us know if you'd be interested in something like an after show where we, you know, have a behind the scenes, not edited at all type of dialogue. That's maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes a week. Uh, let us know about that. And then every two weeks, so it won't be the next one is going to be seventh April 7th. Yes. So April 7th, we will have a video chat conference. Uh, so if you want to be invited to that, so it's completely free. There's no like fee or Patreon or anything associated. It's just us getting on a video conference once a week and <laughs> we or once every two weeks sorry and we talk about a certain topic and we just try to help each other so it could be networking it could be i think the last one was logo design mm -hmm. and just giving some tips and it's a way you can interact and ask questions on the spot and get it's immediate answers network. yes yeah exactly <laughs> The next one, you know, might be more networking related. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but we finally figured out how to, where to put the audio from those afterwards. Um, so we'll be posting those on YouTube. So if you search Maker Vision Podcast on YouTube, you'll find last week's episode or last week's web call on there too. And it's just the audio. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's video during the conference when we're on it, but when we record it, it's just the audio. That way you guys don't have to be scared to jump on with us. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that does it for this week. I think so too. I think we covered a good amount of back end stuff that we don't normally remember to talk about. True. Yeah. Very <laughs> we'll true. We'll try and get a little better about that. <laughs> but I will see you next time. Alrighty. Take Bye. easy. Thank you for listening to today's show. As a continued listener, we greatly appreciate your feedback, your input and just downloading the episode every week. If you're a new listener, thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of maker topics. Also, be sure to check out makervisionpodcast.com, where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and maker swag, including stickers, because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your maker vision become a maker reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode 
or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment, and the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account, so if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good, but if you didn't, tell us what you didn't like about it, because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 